0: I see my name in shining lights.
1: Yeah, a different city every night.
0: And indeed, we're all at small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download the podcast from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomklein. It's going to be a jam packed week of content and information you will not want to miss so let's jump right in i'm thrilled to be joined by simon chan a consistency coach which we're going to talk a lot about a lot about that and the founder of the mlm nation a business training company an international speaker and trainer simon helps business owners stay consistent defeat, overwhelm, and build a successful business online. And I know Simon started uh, his entrepreneurial career in 2003 and built a multi-million dollar business with over 200,000 distributors and then retired 10 years later to get started in this incredible work. And he is a amazingly popular podcast host. Simon, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me on here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It is an honor and Privilege, So, Simon, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone, and you certainly have quite the career, and you're just getting started, my friend. So, Simon, how did you become so passionate about business and consistency?
1: Well, I, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I was taught to follow the traditional path, you know, uh, study hard in school, get a good job, and work your way up. I was never exposed to business in any way. Uh, in fact, my dad was kind of rags to riches. He went from he grew up in Hong Kong in a ghetto, uh, studied hard, became a doctor, and um, we, you know, I grew up in a pretty good lifestyle. I was always the richest kid in the public school, and I always thought I was gonna follow my dad's footsteps. My dad actually was negative towards business, but I think he grew up, in um you know, he and five brothers and sisters, lived in a tiny two-bedroom. Um, apartment in Hong Kong, and downstairs was his father's store. So I don't know what he saw down in the hardware store, maybe some dealings, whatever. He always thought a lot of business people are unethical, and he never really wanted me to go to business. So I thought I was just gonna go have a job. And you know, I had a job that was, uh, I loved, low paying, but I thought I was gonna be working at the corporate and uh, 20, 30 years later have a corner office and work till I was like 60. And until I read a book um, in 2000, early 2000s, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. And that book totally changed my life. I was like, oh well, my goodness, you don't need to work that long. You can actually control your hours. That, because at that time, all my mentors, they had long hours of working in the corporate office. I was like, wow, you don't need to do that? And so that got me hooked and that got me searching for different things. Uh, I didn't have any business experience, nothing. Didn't know how to sell, didn't know how to market. Didn't even know really what marketing was. It's, it's funny. I actually went to... Um, One of those uh, post at NYU at that time, like marketing one on one. I had no idea what marketing was, but eventually um, got. Since I had no business experience, I ended up in direct selling. Started a network marketing business. I struggled for many months, and then I finally. The the turning point was when I had a mentor to help me stay consistent, and uh, and then the rest is history.
0: Clearly, it's changed your life, which is incredible, and um, you've got quite the uh, quite the journey. I know you wrote the consistency pill, which I can't wait to talk all about. But you've uh, certainly again proven um, your uh, business chops in building a seven-figure business with it, which with as we said, two hundred thousand plus distributors. So now you're focusing on uh, trying to help others um, with that one principle that has helped you succeed. And that's consistency. So the way you've defined it in your book, the way I, I took this little concise nutshell, simple steps to boost sales and business success without altering your existing business plan. So how did you sort of tap that, um, that, that logic of consistency and how does it mat? Why does it matter for some of the small business entrepreneurs that might be tuning in to this program?
1: Well, if you're a new entrepreneur, um, like my background, I was always a good, I was always a good student. My teacher would tell me what to do. I'll do it I, at, in my job and my boss told me what to do. I always do it well, but being an entrepreneur requires a lot of discipline and being able to focus on the things that are important, right? There's always things that are urgent that you're working in the business, but what about the things that are working on the business? And for a lot of, you know, any business, you always need sales and marketing. Right, Sales and marketing, without sales and marketing, especially a new business, you're never going to survive without sales and marketing. You can survive a little bit without systems in the beginning, but with no sales and marketing, you're not going to get those customers in. But that requires doing a lot of what I call it, the dirty work, making sales calls, grinding, doing the things you don't want to do. And it's very, very easy to lose focus out of that. Uh, but the key, the important thing is with consistency, anyone can get good at something. And especially in this day of age, I've seen like anything you want to ever learn, Shalom, is available for free, right? Anything you want to learn is on YouTube somewhere. There's a podcast, you know, on your show, anything you want to learn. But the, really the key to winning is the one who can stay focused and apply consistent action to what they learned. And I, I found out when I first started, I would learn a lot of different things. i will read a lot of different books, but I'd never fully implemented on one strategy or stick to one. And wasn't really, you know, um, and making the sales call, staying focused on it. I'll get excited. I'll get emotionally excited and I'll make the calls. When I got a lot of rejection or those little down cycles, I'll lose focus. Or oh, not getting results in s- certain type of social media strategy, you lose focus. But if you stay consistent, that you are going to be successful. That consistency creates mastery, and especially we live in the distraction economy now where there's so many distractions. You want to do everything, right? I've seen new entrepreneurs, they want to get on social media. They know the importance of digital marketing and they want to do it on every platform, right? Now, a lot of you, especially if you're bootstrapping, you may not have the resources to do that. I always teach people, focus on one, like, go deep instead of going wide. Get good at one thing before you go wide in different things. And if I look back to my entrepreneur career, whether it was expanding to Malaysia, then expanding the business to Philippines, or even with my podcast, which you mentioned, it was really the key was consistent focus on one thing, doing it over and over again, and then you get really good at it, and then you can branch off to do another part.
0: That's great advice. Absolutely. And uh, certainly it sounds like you've, you've cracked the code over there, which is great. And it, as uh, you've said, it can apply to a seven figure business with hundreds of thousands of distributors or to that startup as well. And you've touched on something really, really important. We're going to talk about it some more later on in the program about getting things done every day. Uh, I know later in the show we're going to talk uh, with one of our uh, guests about how to prioritize your mental and physical health as well. But you've touched on something really interesting, which I have to learn more about: is how to get more done every day in less time. Um, and and sometimes that consistency it slips. Sometimes it's hard. You know, you break a rhythm, you break a habit. What what lessons would you have, and how do you how do you prioritize to make sure you're getting the important things done uh, on a regular basis?
1: Well, in the book, you mentioned the seven steps. There's actually seven components to a consistency system. So most goals fail because of the lack of, they're not applying these seven components. And if anyone who's ever achieved a goal, I'm sure you applied every seven of these components. And I'm just gonna go over two of them real quick. Number one, you gotta have a checklist, specific list of what you need to do, right? And number two is create and schedule the time. I think that's the most important because we're all busy in our entrepreneurial careers. Uh, we gotta work in the business but you don't grow the business until you work on the business. So you got to create and schedule the time to get more stuff done. Time blocking is really, really important. Plan the night before and block off your time. So for for example, even if you're working on a new, a new project, right? You know, we're never going to have the time. Unless you create the time, you're never going to have the time because, you know, I think it's a Parkinson's law where everything fills into a vacuum, right? Like it's like, the project you want to do on the weekend, or you got to clean your garage, or whatever, that never happens, because even though you have a free weekend, because things always come up. So unless you block off the time and stick, be strict with that time blocking, you're never going to have that. So, um, getting back to your question, you want to get more stuff done, number one, block off your time. Plan the day, the night before. And when you wake up, you work on that plan and always work on the offensive, right? A lot of people, when they get up, they check their phones, they react to emails. You're in defensive mode already. You're reacting to messages, and you have a bad message from a client or a customer or some problem that happened, immediately it puts you in the negative state of mind. And then you're gonna be off track and you won't be doing what you need to do. Instead, create and block off the time and work on the offensive be on offense. So for example, I think everyone knows the energy. I'm a morning person. Some of you be be evening people, but first thing I do when I work up in the morning, Hey, I do my daily show. I do a live show on social media and immediately afterwards, I work on the most important thing. And generally that's always sales and marketing. And it doesn't need to be much time. It could be 15 minutes. I need to get an email to my followers. I get that done because I know if I don't get that done, there's two things, creating content and talking to my followers. I'm never going to have the time. The rest of the day is always going to be hijacked. Something will always come up so create and schedule the time and create that routine and one last thing is Uh for those who exercise consistently right if you exercise consistently you exercise at a consistent time there's a routine create that routine without the routine is never going to happen. When I ask people, hey, do you exercise? And they say like, uh, yeah, I try my best. I think when? Uh, when I have time? I know that person is not exercising consistently. Right? So whatever you yep. want well, well, to do, whatever you need to do. Well, Simon, we've got exercise. to leave it there.
0: We're gonna, we've are gonna we got to cut to a commercial. Can you share your website where people can learn more and get in touch with you?
1: Yes, yeah, so they can go to mlmnation.com, mlmnation.com or just follow me on social media. It's Simon Chan on Facebook or Link uh, or Instagram. Fantastic. Simon
0: Chen, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. I look forward to bringing you back on real soon. Got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Jeff Hahn, a crisis communication expert with 30 years of experience in communication and public relations. He's a specialist in the food and energy sectors and is deeply concerned by the existential threat both industries currently face. And Jeff, I want to learn a lot more about your background, but firstly, welcome to the program.
3: I'm happy to be with you. Thank you very much. Absolutely.
0: So I know you are the owner and principal of a number of uh, integrated a family of integrated agency brands, including apron food and beverage communications, Han public communications and several others. And you've got quite a team that works for you. How did you become so passionate about uh, communication and crisis management, sp- specifically in these really remarkable industries?
3: Right. Food and energy both have uh, fascinating attributes, to then, that lend themselves to crisis situations. We've seen those over the years from everything from uh, listeria outbreaks on the food side to oil spills on the energy side. Uh, it is a, a couple of industries that exist at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy. They are needs-based industries, these energy and food concerns. And so I've always had a passion for Demystifying the area of our work crisis communication to serve them because without food We don't eat without energy. We don't heat And heating and eating are important things in order to be able to live good lives
0: They sure are absolutely and you've got quite the impressive resume as we just said uh, growing uh, Your business and let's start there before we get into these sectors and uh, and communication specifically um, but you have grown a business to as we said a moment ago uh, a nice uh, staff so for our entrepreneurs that are tuning in to this program what advice do you have and if you could be so as to talk about some of the challenges that you may have had in this journey of building uh your amazing uh, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial organization yourself
3: Yeah, for sure. I think there's two really important lessons that I've learned uh, on my journey. I first uh, became an entrepreneur unknowingly um, when I bought a public relations firm in Austin, Texas. Uh, We were 10 people then. Today we're 49. Uh, Our revenues at that time were 1.5 million. Today they're 16.2 million. The two big lessons that I've learned on that path, really involve the uh, importance of selecting a niche and becoming an expert. That's the first, your positioning. Um, We are positioned in food and energy. As I said earlier, at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy, these are needs, not wants. That positioning is important because it allows us to really learn these spaces and become experts. So first things first, find your niche. The second thing in terms of growing an enterprise, moving from entrepreneur to CEO slash operator of a bigger firm is really the selection of your team. Um, You will go through a number of mistakes as you try to choose people to help you lead the organization. It's been the most difficult part for me. I've made a number of hiring mistakes over the years. Uh, but over time, you get better and better at that. My encouragement to any entrepreneur is to set your values into place and find people who orient to them or align with them very very well.
0: Wow. Okay, that's great advice. Uh, again, relevant to entrepreneurs of any size organization, frankly, any industry. But I know you are quite the expert in the food and the energy uh, industry. So you talk um, on your website, and I know I've heard you on previous Podcasts about uh, crisis communication, which you and your firm have become subject matter experts in, and it's about breaking bad news. You say that there's 12 essential crisis communication tools. We're not going to have time for all 12, but you know, often even in small businesses, there is bad news, and any uh, one of those uh, bits of, of news could potentially be the headline in in the next day's paper. What what are some of the essential uh, tips that you would share? with somebody dealing with these uh, with these concerns for the first time.
3: I sometimes get asked, um, what is the number one thing that brand brands get wrong when it comes to crises? And so I'll start there. The number one thing brands do wrong when they are confronted by bad news is that they fail to mobilize a rapid response team a select number of employees and leaders in the company that are able to make decisions to navigate the challenge in front of them. Not necessarily the CEO at that table, given the span of the organization, but the lack of a rapid response team means that when bad news breaks, you're a Keystone Cops exercise. People are flying around everywhere, not knowing where they should be, who they should talk to. Um, And all of a sudden they're in the midst of the fog with everyone else So that's the number one thing that brands can do to prepare for bad news Form your rapid response team from there the model that I've created in breaking bad news really concentrates on three M's and those M's are these message messenger and the method of delivery what I explain in my model is You don't have to have the right answers. What you need instead is good judgment and options. And what I do in my model is in message provide you 16 message options. In messenger nine, in method of delivery 12. Knowing your options before a crisis hits is much more valuable than knowing what should I do when or in the middle. Having your options means you have the tools at your disposal to make good decisions and move through a sequence that'll get you back to normal.
0: Amazing. This great advice, again, relevant to businesses of all kinds. Um, and you know, I, I am curious, and I know that you've, your area of expertise is certainly in that crisis communication side. But how do you get started in building a reputation? How do you start by by developing a message, a brand, and an image that you want people to know you by? I know you've done that masterfully um, through your brands of Apron Food and Beverage Communication, Han uh, Public Communications, the Predictive. Media network and white line interactive you've got quite the brand. How did you get started? Has that been an intentional effort?
3: It has been, and I think the answer in bumper sticker fashion to your question is you earn it. you earn your reputation it is something that you build and you build that over time through your actions and your behaviors and the sharing of your expertise so in uh, the in my case, I write articles uh wrote the book, for example. It took me seven years to write Breaking Bad News, but stuck with it, um, and now I share that knowledge. That is how I build reputation and contribute to the gallery of insights in our space. Uh, at some point in time, someone will be uh, interested enough to use that or even call me, but um, I think you build reputation, earning it by making contributions rather than Uh, extracting from the marketplace so that's my more abstract advice (laughs) more specifically you gotta write write a blog write a book do a podcast you have to put yourself into a public space where people can get to know you and that's what it means by earning your reputation
0: Amazing. That's great. So uh, very briefly in our final uh, minute or two, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you and your team of 40 plus um, do and why is it so important to our listeners?
3: For sure. We promote and protect food and energy brands on the promotion side. Our job is to really increase opportunity for our clients. We love that mission. It's important to us because when food brands Uh, and energy brands thrive, they can help people heat or eat. Um, So the promotion side of the conversation includes what you might typically think of a marketing agency. We are into the uh, creation of awareness and reach and even behavior change on behalf of our clients. There's also a protection side, and I say that the protection side um, more generally because one of the most important things we do is we burn down risk. And burning down risk for us means reducing ambiguity for our clients as they make their marketing decisions. That's why I uh, acquired a data science team last year. We use very sophisticated algorithmic data models to help clients make decisions on where to place their marketing dollars and investments.
0: So that's great news and uh, definitely a lot of great advice there, uh, Jeff, we're running out of time and I want to make sure our listeners know how they can get in touch with you. Can you share your website and contact information?
3: Oh, for sure. For breaking bad news, go to breaking That's the best way to get in touch with me. And if you like, uh, for your listeners, they are welcome to put in their contact information. We'll send them a free copy of the book.
0: Fantastic. Jeff Hahn, thank you so much for uh, for getting in touch with us and uh, sharing your expertise with our listeners. I look forward to bringing you back on real soon. A quick break, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return to these headlines. A quick break, you can get on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm super excited for this conversation because I'm joined by Shri Chalapa, who is the president and co-founder of Engagedly, an Inc. 5000 company. Its people strategy management software redefines performance management, employee engagement and development to enable organizations to build highly engaged, high performance teams. Shri, welcome to the program.
4: Well, thank you, Shalom, it's a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you're so passionate about uh, thinking about how today's workplaces should be led and managed, but I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. How did you come up with this concept for this incredible startup?
4: You know, I spent about 20 years in consulting uh, working for Big Four and ha- and then ran a consulting firm myself. And I noticed, you know, most of my clients are in the 41,000 uh, spectrum. And I noticed a lot of disengagement in the organizations, either because they were passed over for promotions or because they were not getting the right communication or not getting recognized, uh, for whatever reason, right? And what we realized is that organizations that do want to drive better culture could use better tools than, than what they have today, or at that point, anyway. So that was the genesis of the idea of Engagedly, uh, working with a partner, we built this platform really to drive better engagement within the organization because as as we know better engagement leads to better outcomes for both the employee and the organization absolutely Uh, that's behind that
0: yeah no that's awesome and i i know how passionate you are again i'm chatting with the president and co-founder of Engagedly, um, a incredible, incredible company. And I know, Shri, I know you've spent over 20 years leading organizations in technology and consulting. You've had two business exits. You're a Forbes contributor, top 50 tech visionary, and recognized uh, specifically in the St. Louis Business District, but around the world, which is incredible. So your advice to fellow entrepreneurs that are out there, what would you say of of how your business uh, specifically has been successful? And then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what Engagedly is all about.
4: You know, the business eventually becomes successful when you have a really good product market fit. And sometimes you don't know what that is. So a lot of entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs actually struggle to figure that out before they start the business. And that's why a lot of them actually don't launch or or exit prematurely, because they're uh, trying to find this perfect solution before actually jumping into the business. So I tell entrepreneurs really, uh, even the people uh, I've been coaching and mentoring and people who I just ask for advice, is that sometimes you just have to jump in and you'll figure out along the way what a good product market fit is for your solution. Whether it's software, whether it's a service, or whether it's a product, uh, a physical product, and the only way to know is to actually go and talk to your customers, present them the solution, and then continue to refine your messaging and your product along the way. Um, and it takes time. Sometimes it may take two years. Sometimes it may take you know, five years. And, and so you need to have that grit mm-hmm. and the wherewithal to sustain uh, that journey.
0: Totally. And I I know that you certainly uh, talk a lot about um, publicly about mental and physical fitness when working that 60 plus hour work week, which I know we'll send people over to your website to share a lot more about that. But your motto at your company is level up your workplace. So how should leaders think about managing today's workplace, specifically in an environment where people are quitting in such large numbers?
4: You know, people are quitting in large numbers for... The, one of the biggest reasons is lack of flexibility at your workplace, um, and then there are other reasons be, beyond that as well. So I think what as leaders we need to realize is that people want ha- have more agency in their career now, especially with the tight work labor force that we have right now. Even with the impending recession, I don't think the tightness of the labor force is going away anytime soon. Especially if you have a certain skill that's in demand, you know whether you're if you're especially in the digital world, for example um whether you're in marketing whether you're in sales or whether you're in engineering um, those skills are not going to be uh, you know a, a, something that's going to be available in in large numbers for an employer so you really have to respect that and give people agency in their careers you know work with them uh, to understand what excites them yeah and what areas do they want to excel at and give them areas that they really are learning and growing so really focus on that rather than telling them what to do And then micromanaging them. I think that's not going to last very well. uh, Totally. And we're
0: we're running out of time and I want to squeeze in one more question because we touched already on that mental and physical fitness piece, which I know you're super passionate about. So how can you put in a 14 hour workday and maintain your physical and mental fitness? What advice would you have for our listeners?
4: yeah i think that the biggest superpower that i have or at least i i claim to have is i can i can take a nap anytime i want to and i can get enough sleep that i i i I want to so i would say that the focus on sleep is extremely important you know if you're getting less than seven hours of sleep you are not going to be very productive most of the time you know some people can get away with five hours or six hours but I think a seven-hour sleep, roughly, you know, give or take a little bit, mm-hmm. is, is what I would recommend. Is to get the sleep that you need to be successful. So if that means you know turning off your phone and your in your uh, Apple Watch or your computer or your TV, uh, but at least one hour before bed and making sure you go to bed undisturbed and get that sleep you want is extremely important. And the second thing is obviously uh, diet and fitness. Totally. Uh, enough has been said about that, so th- th- you know, I would just leave it at that.
0: And we'll we'll send people over to your website for a lot more. Again, I've been ch- chatting with Shree Chalapa from Engagedly, an incredible, incredible organization. Shree, I wanna get people in touch with you through your website, how can people reach you?
4: Yeah. So I'm Shri Chalapa. Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Shree Khan Chalapa is my full name. Uh, last name, C-H-E-L-L-A-P-P-A. Uh, our company is Engagedly.com, E-N-G-A-G-E-D-L-Y.com.
0: Shree, really appreciate you coming on and I can't wait to have you back on for an extended conversation on all these topics. We've got to squeeze in a quick break. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show a lot of small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can get on my website, shellincline.com. So I am thrilled to be joined by Craig Archibald, a writer, director, producer, actor, and coach whose professional career, believe it or not, began at age 15 and includes award winning film and television production. Um, and really, what we're going to talk about today is. Uh, relationships. Whatever your industry, the secret of your success, the strength of your success hinges on the strength of your relationships. Those professional relationships that play a vital function, in your being able to achieve your goals. The secret is knowing whether they're serving you well or not. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, Craig's new book, The Actor's Mindset, Acting as a Craft, Discipline, and Business. Craig Archbold, welcome to the
2: program. Thank you, Sheldon. It's nice to be here.
0: Absolutely. It is a pleasure. So, what was the inspiration to begin writing this book, again, The Actor's Mindset Acting as a Craft, Discipline, and Business?
2: Well, several years ago, uh, a dear buddy of mine asked if I was recording all of the teaching that I was doing with my clients, and the truth was I was keeping a little side book of notes. And that gave me the idea of, you know, this is something that should be uh, recorded somehow in in a book form. There's a lot of mysteries surrounding the beginning of being an actor, uh, being an artist. You know, a lot of people can't uh, find art to be quantifiable. And uh, indeed, you actually can make art or uh, any of the arts quantifiable if you look at the inside Toolkit that you need to be able to do that and so i looked at that from the uh, perspective of being a young actor having grown up and been in the industry from such an early age there was a lot of purple haze around hollywood that i didn't really understand and uh, a lot of it took a lot of time to learn and so i thought what if i write a book that gives that information to those young actors and so they can just read my book and be ahead of learning the basics of business and craft and discipline, and learning how to do those things quickly and efficiently, and they won't have to go through the long journey that I went through to learn those hard lessons.
0: Amazing. So, So again, um, I'm chatting with the author of The Actor's Mindset, it's Craig Archibaldon. The title, An Actor's Mindset, includes the craft, discipline, and the business. Why those topics, and how do they impact an actor's career?
2: Well, basically, because they're the essential elements that I believe that create a successful career. I mean, you know, one could focus on the craft, but without discipline, they're not going to succeed. And alternately, one could focus on the business, but without the craft, they're not going to succeed as well. So having a healthy balance between all three elements, it is uh, crucial for all actors uh, to maintain a clear perspective. And I think that crosses over into the business world as well. I think that if you have different elements in your business presentation, whether you're a sales pitch person or whether you're working in a corporation, working with others, if you don't have control over all of the elements that you're using, and usually there is a craft to selling, usually there is a discipline to being a good business person, and definitely there is understanding the entrepreneurial idea, that crosses over into the business world, so that's where it all fits together.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, Definitely. So, I'm particularly passionate about education. Many of our listeners know uh, that I have a background in education. In your book, you mention how college courses often don't provide actors with strong business and mindset education. What topics and aspects of the actor's journey do you wish were regularly taught in curricula?
2: Well, firstly, as you mentioned, the business side of being a performing artist, right? Personally, my education, which was extensive never touched the topic of how to be an entrepreneur in this complicated industry. And that is shocking to me now. Uh, Yes, we focused on the craft and the discipline, but there was no discussion whatsoever about auditioning or representation contracts, or uh, curating longevity, right? How can an education program best be comparing students for a major industry and be so blind to the business side? It's actually mind-numbing. But sadly, many colleges and conservatory programs to this day still solely base focus on the art form and uh, not on the art of the business. They don't simply place value on the basic tenet. And the topics, you know, of professionalism or self-criticism or self-creativity, promoting and branding and simple business savvy seem to be no brainers to those of us that are in the business industry. But sadly, in the world of art, they are often not paid attention to. And financial management, uh, I mean, they never even touch that, which is really important for a struggling and or successful actor to be on, you know, to be to, to break the mystery of it all. And finally, um, you know, in in my work, you know, it's important to know how to work on camera and to know the full aspects that you're working in. And, you know, many of the university programs do not work with their actors on on camera, which is crazy because that's where the actors make most of their money, not on stage. So there's a lot of stage training, but not on camera training. And so I, I incorporate all of that into the book.
0: Definitely. And real quick, before we cut to break, again, I'm chatting with Craig Archibald, a writer, director, producer, actor, and coach. And Craig, I know you yourself have had a career as a professional actor. How has the industry changed? Or maybe it hasn't since that you've observed or experienced since the start of your career?
2: Oh, um, It's changed remarkably. When I started my career, there were three TV channels. So, I mean, just, just the the amount of opportunity for young actors to uh, get out there and work is incredible. And there's been a a fantastic broadening of the playing field as well for all the different ethnicities and sexual orientations and the inclusion of disabled performers. And that is such a a great step in the right direction. Um, A lot of development has happened for young people that are self-creators. There is absolutely no way a person like Phoebe Walter-Bridge or Aquafina or Issa Rae, uh, those performers would have had their small little productions turned into major big-stake productions and change their careers and give them careers. It just didn't happen like that, and Mm -hmm. so that's a change. Sadly, there's a financial power now that uh, yes. producers have over over uh, young performers Well
0: Craig and- let's let's leave it there we're going to have to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business get on my website shalomcline.com we'll be we rejoin Craig Archibald the author of The Actor's Mindset Acting as a Craft Discipline and Business when we return just a moment It's not every day that I get to chat with a writer, director, producer, actor, and coach, Um, and that's Craig Archibald. He's the author of The Actor's Mindset, Acting as a Craft, Discipline, and Business. We'll share his website in a couple of minutes. But you have been involved in quite the project in writing this book. What was your favorite part about creating this book from start to finish? And what was the most challenging
2: part? Um, I think that the favorite part includes the art of creativity you know, the joy of storytelling and, you know, sharing my personal journey and giving the hope uh, that my expertise could uh, help other people. And the most challenging part, I'd say, was my lack of confidence in my own grammar. Uh, that and finding the time in my busy schedule to sit down and, and to write, particularly when I love movies and watching anything streaming. So it, that was the hard part.
0: Wow. Well, that's you've done well, um, certainly quite a uh, an interesting project. And uh, last thing before we have to share website and contact information is I know you've had over the course of your career, you've had a lot of interesting celebrity clients. Um, And then you've also seen some folks that have been struggling to sort of break into the industry. Any particular uh, uh, sort of, you don't need to name names, but mindsets or traits that you've seen uh, that might be interesting of those that have been successful or perhaps against those that may have not been?
2: You know, I think the biggest thing, Shalom, is the victory over being a victim. Uh, I, I say I create champions at my studio. And the way we do that is by making sure that the mindset is straight. And if you have a victim mindset, which gets a lot of attention from your parents and friends of, oh, poor me, poor me, life is so difficult. That is really boring and doesn't help you in the business, right? Whether it's the business world or whether it's in Hollywood. So becoming a champion is being able to take negatives and turn them into positives. And I really believe that that's what real champions do, the Rafa Nadels of the world and the great uh, musicians and the great business people, the, the great, anyone that exceeds at their job is has the ability to take an arrow and to break it and to turn it into something positive. So taking negatives, Turning them into positives. Really, that's what I've seen that makes the mindset so different. And usually, that's what creates a successful artist.
0: Definitely, absolutely. And and what sh- what will people walk away with specifically, artists, in walking away after reading the actor's mindset?
2: I think mostly that that they have the relevance to be here, to to have the right to be an artist very often we're seen as sort of these weird sort of outsiders that shouldn't be really, you know, Oh they're entertaining, but they're sort of, you know, lefty liberals in Hollywood. And that's not what's going on. Storytellers are very important to society. We entertain and within our entertaining, we educate and we heal and we inspire the world to be a better place. And so having that ability, is a big important part of our job and that to me is as important as many other players in the community and so for the most part i want to encourage actors and artists to know that their art form isn't silly and that they are giving something back to society and that there is a very important element in being an artist and being a storyteller and helping the world be a better place.
0: Definitely, and that's what we all want indeed. So, again, I've been chatting with Craig Archibald, the author, a fantastic author of a fantastic book. It's called The Actor's Mindset, Acting as a Craft, Discipline, and Business. Uh, Craig, I know I've certainly learned a lot in this conversation, the best homework that we can assign for people is to pick up a copy of the book and get in touch with you. How can we do
2: that? Well, the book's available anywhere you can get good books, places like Barnes & Noble or on Amazon. And my contact is at thearchibaldstudio.com.
0: Oh, well, that's great. Uh, the Craig. I hope uh, that there will be a follow-up book um, in this series over here because you teach some really, really important strategies for, as you say, that mindset of success. And I know you teach so many folks. That's a wrap for us here on the show, all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. You can subscribe, rate, review, and share on your favorite podcast app. Check out our friends, supporters of this program, uh, Tom Mirabali at healthplanchicago.com. And be sure to get on my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk 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 to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on N560 The Answer.